When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hello and welcome to a GitCon exclusive episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Joe Branton, and joining me today are Mick and Dan from That Pedal Show and Nick Reinhardt from PedalsAndEffects.com. Thanks very much for coming down to do the podcast, gang. Hey, you're very welcome. Um, howdy, so, howdy. So, GitCon. Um, this is like day four now. This has been quite an intensive event. So, mm. it's five days of YouTubers and uh, this new influencers if you will um all hanging out at the warwick and framus factory in germany and getting loads of cool content with each other and all the cool stuff that's here um but what have you been checking out like what have you enjoyed seeing the most have there been any like cool bits of equipment or great opportunities that you've had to collaborate with other people whilst you've been here that pedal show the first opportunity is meeting people. Mm. It's hard to imagine that we hadn't met so many of the people here. And when you sit in your own little bubble on there, you know, in your studio making videos for YouTube and, you know, you maybe catch a few other people's shows and everything. You may be, I don't know, not form an opinion, but you have, you, you have a view of what that person might be like. Then you meet them in person. And it's just been so cool getting to know everybody. It's amazing. It, yeah. Uh, so that's on the people front on a gear up front Dan and I were playing a new TC uh, pitch shifting device awesome. earlier and me and pitch shifting <laughs> you know it's just I'm, I'm like overdrive tremolo bit of delay that's, that's me so to even think about pitch shifting is crazy but that blew my mind there have um, there have actually been some cool things from TC here I was really into the um the new prototype pedal, the June mm. 6 that they've got. The chorus. The chorus, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the chorus started from the Juno. Yeah, case. from the yeah. Juno. And but that's right. not like going into production. That's like, they just have that. And he's like, I don't know, we just made it. Really? <laughs> that's not like a final thing. He's just like, oh yeah, we're not sure if we're doing that or not. Oh wow. Which is crazy because, I mean, people would fr flip over that. Especially if it was stereo, I think. Like, I, I had seen some photos of it online. Everyone's like, it's got to be stereo, it's got to be stereo. But... I don't even know if they could do that without a lawsuit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm not 100% sure what the deal is. Like, if if TC own that circuit 
in some Fill me strange in. So way. So Juno, was there a brand above Juno? Uh, was it Korg or something? Juno was the name of the, yeah, so the it, keyboard. Yeah, so it was a Roland, it was Roland, a Roland yeah. Juno, okay. um, and the, it, it was the Juno 06, which right. had a, uh, you know, which had a very unique chorus sound, and that's been pulled He said across. it's the exact core, the exact circuit. Yeah, so I don't which, know. I would love that as in a guitar pedal. Yeah, it would be super cool. So, um, so what about you, Nick? What have you uh, what have you been checking out? Uh, so it's funny that you you guys mentioned the meeting everyone, and I'm not just saying this because I'm in a room with you guys. But Guitar Nerds and that pedal show is literally the only thing I'd ever heard of uh-huh. in terms of YouTube stuff. And it's like I, I'm not trying to be weird in talking about that, but I don't watch gear stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't. It's not something that like a lot of times since we do the pedals and effects thing, they pop up in my sidebar. But it's like It'll be the kind of thing, and no offense if you guys have done a video on this, but like $100 Squire versus $10,000 yeah, yeah. vintage Strat. And I'm like, I have no interest. I mean, in YouTube that. is the home of clickbait titles. So that's the thing. And actually, maybe we can talk about that, but like, whatever. Like, I'm conflicted about the clickbait thing because we did the, the one video we did that had a clickbaity thing was like the biggest video we ever had. The 100, <laughs> the 100 pedals thing, which I was, and it was funny because when I was talking to Juan about doing that, he was like, this is a bit of a tangent, but we're YouTube Let's guys, do it. so it's fine. Right. So I was like, hey, I have this dumb idea that we should just plug in 100 pedals. And I think that that would be like a funny thing that like might get some views or whatever. And he's like, okay, okay, well, let's start at 10 and then every week we'll build up and do more. I was like, dude, no, trust <laughs> me. It, it has to be 100 pedals and the title card needs to be in yellow and it needs to say 100 pedals plugged in at once or whatever and then like we just farted around and did, did that and then it was the only video we ever did that was like kind of blew up or whatever and had a significant amount of views was was that one but uh so anyway so like we've kind of i'm always conflicted about the clickbaity stuff because i'm like it works mm. that's the tried and true way but i'm just like kind of weird about it so you know what i think about that though there is popular and there is clickbait and popular is something that nobody's done before that has an interesting conclusion that is actually interesting. Well, definitely. And clickbait is, I'm going to lure you in because that you think there's an answer here. But wow, I can't believe I look so young. Pharmaceutical companies hate her. Sure, sure. I want to see that. I yeah, that. I actually haven't seen that so you one. You talked about Sky. Okay, first thing I get out of here. But so so anyway, so it, uh, just seeing that like there's this YouTube world of like gear people is just it was like crazy. I didn't I didn't even realize. In fact, I didn't even know what this event was. No, I wasn't no, on no, any no of the one, okay, no, no one, one did because finally last week I had to get in touch with Henning, the guy putting this thing together, and be like, dude. What is this? What are you doing? <laughs> and so he's like, we Skyped and then he explained it to me. And it was so funny because, so Joe, you had told me about who Rob Chapman is. Yeah. Because so my band, Tara Mellis, was here. We played with Joe's, Joe's band a couple weeks ago or, or whatever, last month in London. And that his band played. Yeah. And like, you were like, oh, you know who that guy is, right? I'm like, I, am, I don't know who that is. And you're like, you never heard of Rob Chapman or whatever? And I was like, what? Huh? And and then you gave me the whole rundown about what it was and like Andertons. I mean, dude, I didn't even know what Andertons was. Right. So I'm just I'm, I'm just <laughs> illustrating like I'm very removed from this. Yeah. yeah and yeah. not to make this a whole thing, but like I kind of like fell into the gear world of talking about pedals mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm I'm in a band. Yeah. A guitar player in a band, and I befriended one, and then it turned into this thing that we do together. 
Yeah. So anyway, so it's been a very bizarre thing walking around. Even though I do NAM each year, but yeah. as an artist, no. You guy. know, I think that that level of um, maybe not being deep in in that world and doing other things is true for everybody in a slightly different way. Yeah. So if you take Dan for example, Dan's not a YouTuber. What do you do, Dan? I build rigs and design stuff. Cool. Yeah, so, so I guess everyone has their own weird yeah, little yeah, yeah, version yeah. of what yeah. this thing is. And I think a lot of us are guilty. Well, I, I, no, maybe guilty is not even the right word. A lot of us are so absorbed in what we're doing, trying to get it done. Mm, yeah. You know, earn some money, put some stuff out on YouTube, share. Because the the, for us, the point about doing the show is to try and impart some of what you know in a free way that might be useful to somebody. Yeah, sure. Right? So... You, you, you're consumed with doing that, so you don't have time to be watching everyone else's shows all the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But then, but you know, the guys you become aware of, like you know, aware of Pete Thorne, because you know, watching someone said, you know, check out this demo, and Pete's doing his thing. It's like he is just unreal. Yeah, and you know, he composes you know songs for every demo, and getting to meet him and hang out. So, dude. How are you doing that? You know, and it's like just you know the sound forms us and he plays things and he starts writing there on the spot. It's like it's the coolest thing in the world. You know, um, I was a big fan of the Fretted Americana demos uh-huh. uh, from yeah. years ago, watching Phil X, and he just you know just even watching the energy level, you know, and the rock that he brings to everything. It's so cool because he's here and he's hanging out and we're talking and about the gigs and now, you know, because he's the guitar player for Bon Jovi now and he has a whole different experience level. And, but he's here, of you course. know, and, and it's so, yeah. But on the, um, the, on the different side of that is guys that I hadn't heard of uh-huh. who are amazing. Yeah, they've you been... Know? It's, so it's been it's it's been fantastic considering that we had no idea what this was going to be. That's it, and I <laughs> think know. because we've got we've got a mix of people who uh, who produce online lessons. There are people who do things like what what your guys' shows are, mm-hmm. um, and then you know us that's a, a podcast essentially. And there, there seems to be so many people coming from different angles that uh, it's really nice to have that sort of broad that broad mix. Now, from um, on sort of an effects side of things. Uh, one thing that I think we've all got a chance to do here is um, TC Electronic are here, and they're getting everyone to make their own tone prints, which has been pretty cool. Mm. I thought it would be interesting to discuss how different the two of your channels tone uh, prints well, are from each other. So, okay, oh, so did you we, not, have you we, not we, made well, them? No, so we, are, we have another story. Yeah. We're going uh, out to Denmark. Oh, so that's I'm taking, amazing. Yeah, I'm taking um, a few of my vintage things out there. Okay. And we're going to sit and we're going to nail it. Oh, it's that's going to be, be amazing. I'm really excited. Yeah. But we, so we've known Tor for a long time. And yeah. He what? is just the best guy and he's so passionate. You know, he loves TC. He loves working there. He's, you know, his ideas... I mean, things like the mash switch and the mash switch is an incredible. Have you heard about what Pete Thorne has done with with his mash switch for his three his three effects? He only just did them actually. I bumped into him uh, after he'd finished, but he was using them to make um, uh, using it as a volume pedal for swelling in ambient delays and stuff uh, like that. And I was nice. like, oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah it's great. Cool. But but brilliant, yes, brilliant idea. Yeah, brilliantly executed. Um, so yeah, I mean, we you know we've had a bunch of their stuff on the shows, and mm. so we've been talking about doing this for a while. We did um, this morning. We were playing with the harmonizer. Yeah, it's like oh, I want to do. I really want to do tone print stuff, but I want to take my 
partially working CE1, uh-huh. which because it's partially working, yeah. it has this thing that sounds amazing. And I wanted to nail it. Um, you know, so we're going to go out there and so spend can, a couple of days. Can we, can we sit on that for a minute? Can we talk about that, that partially working CE1? Because I think, Nick, you might be really into this. Now, I've, I've heard you talk about this at the um, that pedal show live mm-hmm. that you did at the Boss 40th anniversary, which mm-hmm. Nick was the same show that we played the week after that pedal okay. show did a, did okay. a live a live broadcast awesome. uh, from there but yeah the uh, the partially working CE1 mm. um, can you explain for the listeners the broken element of it uh, and okay. why it makes everything sound so good now it won't be as good because you can't hear it but it would be cool to so uh, CE1 is the first pedal that Boss ever made um, it's that big green thing and I've I've had mine forever the um, the green, CE1 isn't it? sort of a green it's Originally, it's like a greeny, dark, it? yeah, dark cut, but mine's so old and knackered, and so no way. you know, it's the grey coming underneath that you, you, you know, you see. So originally, that pedal was made for keyboards. Yeah, um, it has, it doesn't have the correct input impedance for a guitar. It sounds okay if you put it after buffers and things, but for plugging a guitar into it, you turn up and be no, no top end. Right. So what you needed to do is change the change the the volume pot for a 50k pot to a 500k pot because it's the volume pot it's right on the input and feeds directly into the preamp. So you turn it up and you have all this lovely top end, but be, because you've changed there's so much less resistance, then the preamp turns into the most amazing sounding overdrive pedal you've ever heard. Whoa! It's incredible. Crazy. And uh, and we did it at the. I mean, no one was expecting it. I'd never heard it. I mean, we've done that on the show a couple of times. I'd never heard it sound like that. I mean, it literally sounded like a full range overdrive, yeah. even a bit kind of transistory, so almost a little bit fuzzy on the edge. Yeah, you know? exactly. Well, I think you were, even, you were saying at the, at the time, a lot of people were actually using that as a drive pedal because yeah. it was before drive pedals existed. Yeah, well, it was, you know. Well, that was a known mod that you're saying. Yeah, you know, yeah absolutely. Back, back then. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, back in the... Wow, so that pedal is 76, late 70s? 77. Uh, no, sorry, late 70s, 79. But didn't they start um, shipping them with 500k pots Eventually. That? Because uh, I think when it came out, it wasn't especially popular for keyboards. Ah, so. when it came out, it was dying. Yeah, no yeah, one yeah. was selling them. And so this is their first product. They'd made a whole bunch of stock. They said, okay, if we sell a moderate amount, there's 18 months worth of stock. They just made the whole lot sat on shelves and did nothing until a photo came out in uh, a magazine of Herbie Hancock had one sat on his keyboard then after that a random photo in a magazine it wasn't like an ad it was just a photo then after that they started selling units Mm. and then because guitar players were plugging into Leslie's and things were used to trying to you know this this keyboard effect was like hey I'll try it but then to make it work for guitar you had to change that pot and then Suddenly they went, well, hang on, what happens if I turn it up now? <laughs> so it's a, such a great sound. Yeah. But my particular CE1, there's a switch on it that's changed from the chorus to the vibrato. And the, the oscillator for the vibrato has basically stopped working. So what happens is it turns into like this notch filter. Um, and it's, the, it's amazing. It's like a, an electric mistress when you turn off from the normal to the filter. Yeah. And, you, and you sweep and you find that. So you can just find it. Right. And it's exactly the same thing on the C, on my broken CE1. It's like 
this is amazing. You know? <laughs> and it's one of those happy accidents. I never would have known that the CE1 did that. One of the favorite, my favorite effects is the original Electric Mistress, which has that filter in it. Yeah. But sometimes it can be a little bit um, overbearing. I mean, on the, on the modulation sound, awesome. But the broken CE1 has just enough of that notch in it just to be impossibly cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a wicked pedal. That's neat. Um, it's very cool. Speaking of the, so you use the, you checked out the new TC, is it a harmonizer? Is yes. that what it's called? Yes. It's not, that's not his name. That's not his it, name. It, it has a remember. name which I can't bring to mind. Yeah. It's a, a quintessence. There you go. Quintessence. Oh, there you go. Yes. Quintessence. And, and Nick, did you, is that the pedal you used for your? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, one has been friendly with Tor for years, I guess, and I've heard all about him. So, I finally got to meet him on the first day or whatever, and Juan asked him, like, oh, so what are, what's new? What are you guys showing here? And he's like, oh, well, we have this, like, intelligent harmonizer or whatever. And so I was like, hmm, interesting. I love harmonizers, you know? And so he kind of plopped me down, put a guitar in my hand and said, check it out. And within, like, 30 seconds, I was like, oh, my God, dude, this thing rules. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really good. It tracks great, that mash function. In fact, whatever... So I had this really, really awesome sound going and Juan had like done a little video of me doing it and then you know we finished up and we didn't film anything we just kind of were checking it out so I went back oh and Taurus said like oh why don't you take it downstairs and you know check it out for a couple days and then we'll do a tone print in a few days I'm like okay so I bring it down and I'm like kind of bumming out because I could not find what the sound was that he had set me up with right when he set me down and I'm like watching the video like listening for what the intervals were and stuff and I'm like fuck man I don't know what that is. And so I actually ran upstairs a couple days later. I was like, dude, I know this is like a random question and you're not going to have any idea what I'm talking about. But whatever the setting was that you set me down with, do you happen to have any idea what that was? Tor just straight up pulls up his email. He's like, oh, yeah, it was this. He just happened to set it on one of the default settings, which I think is like tone print three or something. And so he got me set up with it. I was able to find it. But in any case, so I, I sat in that room over there and learned it for a couple days because I was like, dude, I love this pedal immediately. I fell in love with it and then came up and did a tone print with it. So now I know I know what it was that you the tone print that you made. But can you try to explain Sure. The effects that you make. So I don't. I don't know when this will be released, but I'm guessing maybe there will be a, the tone print will be available by this point. But if not, uh, so it was set to C major, which we decided is. I'm. I'm not going to know. What's is major Ionian? Yep. Okay. It was C Ionian, <laughs> and I kept. I kept trying to like go through all the different like Ian, the, the different scales. I'm like, <laughs> which one's C major? I don't know. Like I learned that when I was 12, but then that disappeared out of my brain so it's c major and then there you can have two different voices two different harmonies bouncing off of it well i'll get to the bouncing so i had it set for a i think a major third and a lower fourth okay and so and so when you're in the tone print editor there's a little bit of a learning curve because the the numerical values of each voice Mm -hmm. is not actually like it's not like when you go up to five, it's not a fifth necessarily. It's just five, whatever, semitones, semitones mm-hmm. up, right? So it took like a second oh, okay. to understand it. But so anyways, once I figured that out, I think I got maybe like a, an upper third and a lower fourth or something. And that sounded really neat. And then if you get dig into the guts of it in the Tone app, once um, it's plugged into a computer, there's some delay in there too. So I set one of them to be like 250 milliseconds maxed out delay. 
and then I grab the lower fourth, I think, at 125. So basically it goes like, ba ba ba. You know, you hit a C note and it goes do 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 kind of thing or something like that. And so, um, and then I, maybe I mess with the rise and fall time of it or something like that with the mash switch because then you could get in there and get really, really detailed and what it's doing. And so basically what I was talking to Joe about earlier is um, it has a, like a, a, a Paul Simon, like 80s Graceland Rhythm of the Saints vibe. I don't know if you know the song Proof, but there's a song Proof on Rhythm of the Saints. And the live version of that song is crazy uh there's like all sorts of like percussion going on marimbas rhythm guitars like jangling in the background and obviously like his band in that era was fucking ripping and insane live i mean i'm obsessed over a handful of live versions of of those songs but anyways there's one live version of the song there's so much shit going on and like this amazing like little lead guitar line but it all sort of blends together into all these like melodies like happening at the same time so this sound that I was getting out of it, I was I was going for the Paul Simon like wow. 80s sound. Yeah, so cool. so when you're like kind of playing up high and you're kind of like muting it a little bit and go like do 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 da do 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 da do 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 da da you know what I mean something like that. So that's the bass sound of it. And then when you hit the mash button, and I I shift down to this really bizarre ugly like um wobbly sound and i didn't even pay attention to what i i set the intervals at i was just kind of like at that point randomizing stuff and so i think i they it kind of like falls down into a unison with maybe one semitone up like like a half step or something so it's like so it goes like something like that yeah so i was really happy with it i was like dude i'm fucking that's my favorite thing that i've seen the whole the whole show when i when i spoke to tour he did say that you had made the most complicated of all the there's a surprise yeah yeah that's the thing too was i was talking to him about it is like i love when you plug into a pedal, a new pedal that you're maybe not familiar with, and you feel the inspiration right off the yeah. bat. Mm. Yeah. That's the biggest thing to me because there's, there's at least like, let's say within one minute, you know, like if it's true love, you know what I mean, yeah. with the pedal where it's like, oh yeah, I've been like digging away at this thing for, you know, a few days now and I'm not really getting anything out of it. And there's a few exceptions to that rule. But for me, generally, I know very quickly when it's mm. like an inspiring something that I'm going to want to like use yeah, to the full sure. extent yeah and uh, um, back on Gitcon um, uh, have you guys been able to check out any of the um, Universum guitars that are here at the moment just as we're talking about weird stuff have uh, um, I didn't I didn't they're, no. the, they're the, guys, the guys right in the middle of the hall with the weird looking things yeah doesn't yeah. look like a strap I'm not going to play it <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so Nick you did uh, check out their folding yeah. guitar yeah, it's weird. It's pretty weird. Isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it, but like it's it's like not the right kind of weird for me. No, no. And I, I don't know what that kind of weird is right for someone. There's like expensive guitars here. Yeah. I think those were like 5,000 euro or something yeah, and I'm right. like that doesn't enter my brain. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a guitar at that price, I'm like, "Uh, oh, I don't that's But, you know, I I did check it out and stuff and they're cool. I mean, if I found one, like, behind a dumpster, you know, like, <laughs> randomly, like, would I just take it and bring it home with me? I would be stoked out of those. So the, uh, the guitar in question folds up and goes into, like, a leather briefcase, and podcast listeners will know that I'm obsessed with travel guitars and finding the perfect travel guitar. And I was really happy when I saw... 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There was a travel guitar with a special case. Um, I thought you were yeah. joking when you told no, me that. No, I, I love travel guitars. Really? Yeah, they're just because they're... Best idea ever. So Sonus made one. Um, I think a Fender Telecaster, and you should take the strings off, undo the four screws that join the body and the neck together uh-huh. and fit in any suitcase. <laughs> so that's funny you say that, because, uh, so my band Terramellos, we toured with this band Dillinger Escape Plan a few years ago, and their second like auxiliary guitarist, this guy James Love, he played two, like, he had two Ibanez shredders, like a bright pink and a yellow one or something. Uh-huh. You know, the 80s like shredder guitars. And after every set, he had this suitcase and he would disassemble, he would kill the strings after every show and disassemble exactly that. Next came off, everything came off, and they fit in a handheld suitcase that went on, you know, on the bus. That's and it was so like funny because they're on a bus with a trailer and he doesn't need to be doing that, but he probably just comes from that like anyway. DIY zone of like, oh, you know, you gotta conserve space, like whatever. And so he had two of his guitars in a like little suitcase. Yeah. Awesome. So, but what's funny about that uh, universe of travel guitar is like Super practical, like it folds into a little case, but at the same time, not practical at all. Because like, you know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, the guy, you got to pull it out, and there's all the special moves to like undo it, and they're all very careful with it, you know? And it's like, that's not, you know, just like, I don't know. There was something funny about it. I was like, it was an amazing idea, but at the same time, it's like a very complicated, like complex thing, and it only fits in like one case kind of thing, or, yeah. you know, it was weird. Yeah, um, and kind of like background to effects again. I don't know if this is going to be possible to to answer because both of you, are, both of your companies are quite involved with uh, with your own sort of effects. But what do you think about the boutique effects market at the moment? Like we've had a massive increase, a massive influx of like smaller companies mm. really establishing themselves, especially kind of uh, Nick. Nick does quite a lot of stuff with Earthquake Devices who. I don't know, they're probably now the biggest boutique pedal company that are still like a small company. They're probably moving the most units out of any of the small companies at the moment. But uh, 
do you, is there a company that that you guys think are at the absolute forefront of that at the moment for you guys that pedal shop? Oh man, it depends what you're looking at. I mean, if you're talking about who's pushing forward, who's doing who's doing the most out there stuff, then it's not my area of no. It doesn't knowledge. have to be out there stuff. Like, but, uh, you know, Earthquaker every day of the week, isn't it? Every anything cool uh, what are we playing there's uh, the, the delay the big delay thing and the reverb thing Empress oh yeah super impressed with Empress stuff at the moment yeah yeah, that, that, yeah those guys are really amazing you know we're going to see Robert uh, we're going to see Analog Man in uh-huh. a few weeks time and you know because he was there right at the beginning he's still making these amazing fuzzes that have inspired a generation of of builders, you know. Um, so there's, you know, I'm still a fan of all that stuff. But when we get when we get pedals in, like we have this this GFI thing in, and it is insane. So it's it's a, it's a a small pedal. It's a delay and reverb in one, but the the engines they use are crazy. Right. Eight presets. It seems to be it's that. really so cycling through them. It's like it's so easy to use, but the sounds on it are just as are as good as anything I've heard. I think for us, the, the most interesting thing is who is using DSP uh, to be controlled in an analog signal environment. Mm. Uh-huh. So if you can keep some portion of analog dry through and it still sounds good and credible, because you know we're kind of a bit more old school rock and roll. We like traditional guitar sounds. So the minute you digitize everything and mess it up and all of that, that that's out of my world anyway. I don't know about mm. you, Dan, but it's out of my world. So for me, the exciting stuff is who is credibly doing awesome sounding stuff in the analog world, but with awesome digital control, which mm-hmm. enables you to do things. Sure. Think yeah. about Chase Bliss. Chase Bliss, Joel Cordy from yeah. Chase Bliss. I mean, his, it's amazing what he's done. You know, digital controlled analog pedals in a tiny format with... The most insane expression options and stuff. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is, though, there are companies popping up every single day. And, I mean, you know, just personally, I'm obsessed with this stuff. And I can't keep up with everything that's coming out, you know. It's, it's wonderful. It's, I, I think we're in a golden age of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're a musician at heart, you can now go out and find your sound. Mm-hmm. And the only reason you can't do that is you're lazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much amazing sounding stuff Or poor. Or poor, yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Oh, you can, find, no, you can still find it. Didn't say you could pay for it, but you can, you, you can still find it. Yeah, sure. What about you, Nick? Uh, it's, it's, stateside, it's Earthquaker Devices, yeah. definitely. Like, they're lead, I mean... They're still a boutique company, and they, you know, have people hand putting everything together. I actually was just there last month, and I learned. I was like populating. Yeah, so I heard about this. So you were you were a guest builder for yeah. I did nine. I think I did twelve. I think I did. I I populated twelve Acapulco gold fuzzes. That's the single the single knob that kind of resembles like a sun, uh, whatever the sun head is, the famous sun head, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the golden age of sound. That that's true. I, I always find myself using that phrase with like builders and stuff. But mm. um, it's funny because with with Earthquaker, I always just kind of giggle to myself 
uh, when I'm like, you know, scrolling the, the Instagram feed or whatever, checking out people's boards or whatever, and I don't see an Earthquaker pedal on there, I just will, I'll whisper to myself, I don't trust the pedal board that I Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, they're just so happening now, and, like, they're just, it's, I don't know, have you, has that, you guys met them before? Yeah, I've met okay, Jenny yeah, Stillman. Yeah, 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 that's right. They were at GAC yeah. recently. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. They're just like the sweetest, like most rad people that, I, you know, I just, I really like when you meet like builders and, you know, quote unquote companies that just have, you know, a good vibe to it and not like a faceless corporation or something, yeah. you know what I mean? But, um, so yeah, Earthquaker Devices, like by far is leading the pack and mm. it's crazy even picturing where they're going to take that. Mm. How uh, on the amount of boards that you put together, Dan, do you, do you come across Earthquaker a lot now? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I come across Earthquaker, I come across Walrus Audio. Walrus Audio, definitely coming up. Um, yeah, I think, I think they're more popular in the States than they are in the UK. Yeah, that's, and certainly the, the, the boards that I'm doing um, the, you know the earthquake stuff you know you, it's amazing you turn it on and it's, it'll transport you you know it's great um, I think a lot of the boards that I'm doing for the guys that are touring especially guys that are um, if they're not an original band member and they've just got to have you know a bunch of really practical sounds uh-huh. it's you know it's more you know delays reverbs three or four overdrive pedals compression maybe an octava and some modulation you know, um, but when I, when you hear um, you know young bands just creating noise and and stuff and not even using guitars, it, you know that's when you'll see a lot of the earthquaker stuff. There's another um, the hologram, the infinite, infinite jets, jets. right? Um, have you seen that? that? I don't think I have. Have you seen that? I have one. Yeah, yeah. I, that <laughs> I have. It's great. It's outrageous. But I love that. I love that. There's you know there's things that are coming out. This, it's still surprising. Yeah. For anyone yeah. who didn't get that, it's, the brand is Infinite Jets. It's Hologram. Hologram is the yeah, brand. Right. Infinite yeah. Jets is the pedal. Mm-hmm. And it does... Uh, it does some glitchy stuff. It does some synth swells. So I want to comment on something you just said, but while we're on this. Yeah. So Hologram, I think Electronics, mm-hmm. they have the Dream Sequence and they have the Infinite Jets. Yeah. And so when I said earlier that sometimes there's pedals that take you a while to get into those are two pedals that i that almost broke my brain because the thing about them was i i knew and so for pedals and effects do you know these pedals no okay you'll flip on they're crazy in fact jamie stillman uh he was the one that hit me to it and he was like that guy is on another level Mm -hmm. okay i forget what his name is but maybe ryan and he plays in a really cool band too sorry i can't remember what it is but so he got got us the the sequencer, and like I said, it I could not. I was sitting there reading the manual, and for pedals and effects, I tried to shoot videos for that pedal three times, wow. and like I like we would get like an hour into it, and I'd be sweating, and I'd be like, dude, we got it. This we got to call this. I can't do this because there's so much shit inside them of what you can do, and mm-hmm. there's secondary functions, there's yeah. third functions of all the knobs, and they're. So that's the exception to the rule for me, specifically that company of, mm-hmm. or that guy uh, about it taking a really, really long time. For me, some other people like maybe that are, have different perspective on like tech stuff could get in there quickly. But like I have 
a notebook with pages of hologram notes about how to do the infinite jets and the dream sequence, which it's like, that's not usually the thing with me. I hate instructions. Mm -hmm. I don't read instruction booklets. Like I just go dive in like this TC electronic thing. I was like, Oh, I get it. Cool. Makes sense to me where that pedal made no sense to me, but I loved it. And I think it's totally killer. Mm. Um, Oh, I was going to say, yeah. I have a funny story. So you mentioned you do you build pedal boards and yeah. stuff for people. And, yeah. and you were saying like, oh, yeah, you know, a lot of these dudes that are just in someone else's band, maybe they don't want the wild stuff. They want classic shit. Yeah, and, unless well, unless they've got to play a song that, that needs something wild. Sure. What they're trying to do is consolidate everything so that they can, you know, they're not costing too much freight for the company. Totally. And, and they'll totally. it back on the next tour. So... Um, one was supposed to show, bring, we have Earthquaker demo boards in Los Angeles. Right. And sometimes when people are touring or rehearsing there, we'll, we'll go and do board demos for them. Juan does it, did it for like Queens of the Stone Age, Dweezil, Zappa, <laughs> had a, got a demo once. That was pretty cool. Um, and so Juan was supposed to do it for like a hip hop guy a few months ago. And he couldn't be there for it last minute. He had to move out, leave town. And so he was like, hey, I need you to do this. All right, no problem. Who is it? And it's like, oh, it's Jay Z's guitar player. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, what? Well, I'm gonna, I, okay, you know. So, so they were rehearsing in Los Angeles. So I bring these two massive pedal boards to this like really really nice rehearsal studio, and it's like massive. I'm used to like rehearsing in like shit holes, like basically the size of this room, and it's like all nice like production. They've got the lights and everything, and so. I meet the dude, super nice guy, and I set all the boards up for him. And we spent an hour going through every sound, right? And, like, he was flipping on, even the weird ones, Mm. you know? And there was – he started playing this riff, and I don't know what this was. Maybe you guys could identify it. He, like, started – he flipped when he turned on this one fuzz pedal or something. And, like, the band started playing with it, and it was like – Do you know what that is? No. I recognize the riff. Someone's gonna. I'll be like, "They're hey, dumbass." It's this. It's a Jay Z song or something. But I was like, "I see ninety nine problems." Was that him? Yeah, yeah. That's that's it. Maybe I mean, it's this that is song. this is the wrong know. audience. For okay, yeah. yeah, I know, right? I got ninety nine problems, but a Faz ain't one. Is that the yeah, that's, that's, that's that's Okay, right. Well, so anyways, so he was flipping on it. He loved all the wild shit and all that. And I was like, "Man, respect!" Like, and the dudes in the room were like. Yeah, that right there. You know, when he turned on a rainbow machine or something, mm-hmm. like have it dimed or whatever. So it was just funny, like, because I expected the same thing, him to be like, no, no, man, I need, like, where's your, like, quan sound or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it was really cool. And just an amendment to that story. Uh, so I left him with him overnight, and I had to go pick him up the next day. He's like, yeah, just come by, you know, tomorrow and whatever, we'll be there. And so, like, I get there, and I kind of, like, walk up to the studio, and there's two dudes like, hey, can we help you? And I was like, oh, I, I don't know. I just got to grab these boards. And they're like, okay, well, I, I have them outside. I packed them up for you. I'm like, okay, cool. And he's like, yeah, we can't go inside right now. The boss is in there. <laughs> Jay-Z was like on the other side of the door. And I was like, oh, shit, that's pretty crazy. I don't know anything about Jay-Z, but I'm like, there's like a crazy dude just on the other side of that door right there. <laughs> so I grabbed the boards and, you know, I think the guy ended up with a handful of Earthquaker things from there. He he spoke with them. But, yeah, so it's a weird thing like mm. when, I guess, maybe even when people in that world, like, hear those sounds and feel inspired by them. And, stuff. and that's it. That's it. If you if you click on something and it, and it moves you, and it, certainly for me, I find it really difficult to play if I'm not moved by the sound. Right. You know, it's... If, but if I am moved, I can play sort of beyond myself. Sure. Yeah. 
you, we've got had some amazing guitar players here this week. And we were watching Tom Quayle and Martin Miller right there before. Mick and I was just going, just shoot me. Uh, yeah. Just amazing. Tom Quayle is, is something. It looks like guitar playing. It kind of sounds like guitar playing. Everything about it is guitar playing, but my brain can't comprehend I it. I can't work out what he does ever. Yeah, yeah. I just want to go home and play an E major. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but then you have those moments where you Definitely. Yeah, just those moments where you step on something and it's like, okay, that's a part of my sound now. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, it's wonderful. Was, uh, was that one of the motivations behind starting Gig Rig, making it easier for people to... Um, so Gig Rig was started when I... I've been touring a lot in Australia, but I've been using MIDI gear and Mm -hmm. digital processing and stuff, and I really wasn't... I knew there was some better stuff out there, but I thought, well, I have got... Everything I use is state-of-the-art. It can't get better than this. And then I was doing a um, a session with a producer who had a box of old effects, and I plugged into an electric mistress into an amplifier, and I just hit the first chord, and I freaked out. Because I had racks that had flanges in them. Yeah. You know... (laughs) And I hear this thing, and it's noisy and spitty, and it just changed my life in that moment. I couldn't, I couldn't comprehend how something from the 70s was killing everything that I'd got, which was amazing and had five-star reviews and the latest technical advancement. When was that, 90s? That was in, yeah, 92, 93. Which I guess would have been the dog end of the digital revolution sort of thing yeah was, as people know, were starting to move back to yeah I've, I've been to, I've been touring um, in, throughout uh, the early 90s and, and anyway the, the I had all the rack gear you know the ADA preamps and all this sort of stuff and sounded like a midded up mosquito and that's a quote from someone who said man you sound like a midded up mosquito <laughs> um, and anyway I started and I started getting to this analog stuff and it just completely changed my life and you know, I had this fuzz face built for me with you know, some amazing components and went out to a, a guitar store and just bought, I plugged into all these things and if it vibed, it was so instant. You plug into this thing, it's like, that's it. I, I can completely get on board with that sound. It's amazing. What, but what happened was, was there were two problems. One, when I'd try and plug these things in together, I was noticing significant Signal loss. Okay, right. this isn't because if I plug into the, into the mistress and into the amplifier, that's it. That's awesome. I put anything on either side of it in bypass, it's like it's, that's gone. The magic's gone. And the other thing is because I've been using MIDI gear, it mightn't have sounded great, but I could press one button and go from a clean sound to another, press one button and change from a clean sound to a dirty sound, add chorus and delay and whatever on top of that sound. And so I found I was doing this all the time mm-hmm. and you know so it wasn't sounding as I as well as I knew it could and was a pain in the bum so I um, was asking everyone you know is there a solution to this and I worked on a Pete Cornish rig um, a friend of mine was a tech um, for a band called the Tea Party and amazing three piece band right and he had some, he said, oh, look, I can't, I don't know about MIDI mapping. Can you come and check this out? Oh, sorry, no. He was a, he was the tech for the tea party, but this was for, for a guitar player in Australia called Johnny Diesel. Right. Or now just Diesel. 
and he had this Pete Cornish rig, and it was the most amazing sounding thing. So the pedal board was specifically built for that tour, and it had a hole in the middle because Johnny liked a straight mic stand, and and you know, and it had all these switches around it, and and the the connector that went from the pedal board back to the the gear that Pete had built. Honestly, it was like this. It took three guys to move it, you know, and it cost, at the same time, was the price of a house in Australia. Right. <laughs> it sounded unbelievable. It was so detailed, and it did what I wanted to do. It was, it was pressing one button, and things were being taken out of the signal path, and it was sending, you know, um, you could program stuff up, and... But that, at that time, it was the only option I knew. Right. And that just, I, you know, that wasn't me. No. So that was the, motiva- the and motivation it was like, behind yeah, it. Yeah, and I was, I was lamenting to my producer. as being, no, no way I'm going to be afforded. And he says, just build it yourself. And I went, okay. And that was it. And I started doing courses in, night courses in electronics and trying to get it together to work out how to, because I had a, from the very first moment, I had a real clear vision of what this thing was going to be, and it was, but I was only building it for me. I hadn't, I didn't really think well, this is going to be a business that's going to change the world, you know. And uh, but now, you know, fourteen years on from the first, well, thirteen years on from the release of the first product, it's um, you know, it's it's things are going good. Yeah, yeah, they are extremely, and I mean, conversely. Uh, Nick, you actually you use a ludicrous amount of pedals, but you you don't use a pedal board switcher. I don't. No switcher. Why? No, why no, haven't no you adapted? No buffers. No switcher. Uh, what was the um, one time I bought? A, like I got a lot of pedals, you know, a, a handful of pedals off of Craigslist. Uh, I think I got this lot for like it's like twenty two dollars or something, and there was the. Um, the Boss Red Line Switcher. Does anyone right. know that yeah. one? Yeah. It, it, that had the old one, mm-hmm. right? It was red. Mm-hmm. And like, so it was like, oh, it's an effects loop kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the, the input jacks on the top. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right? So I got one of those. And uh, the guitar player, we, Tara Mellis used to have two guitar players. And he used one. And he like he was like, oh, yeah, you could do some really cool things with that. And I, I tried it once. And I guess, I mean, that's kind of... A, a, a loop switcher sort of thing, right? I mean, that's kind well, of, yeah. So you a have lot. loop that switches in and out. Yeah. So like you could have things going into it, and I I tried it, and it just did not click with me. Because you know the the rest of the pedal world has adapted to switches. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah, but it, the rest of the amp world is adapted to Kemper. So that's, one time. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so you know we all we all <laughs> yeah. And so I was talking to someone about this the other day, and like I. I don't know the the art of whatever the pedal dancing or whatever it is that's like fun to me and if I was playing you know backup guitar in fucking Katy Perry's band or something like that yeah yeah, I would have that stuff but like it doesn't matter to me of like so one in so here's Actually, here's an interesting idea. I have I have a, something that relates to this. Last tour we did, I was using um, a Roland GR30 mm-hmm. synth, mm-hmm. Right. the little MIDI pickup, mm-hmm. and then going into the GR30 brain, right? And so I had all these like neat sounds that I would send through my pedal board, and it was really clean, by the way. And so 
I had the new boss line selector, the white one, mm-hmm. the newer ones or whatever, yep. one of Juan's, Mars Volta ones. He has fucking, that guy has like 12 line selectors. <laughs> Mars Volta would use that many when he would tour with them. Well, yeah, Juan used to actually be surrounded by pedal He boards. had a four pedal boards. Yeah. So, uh, and I remember seeing photos of that back in the day long before I knew him. And so I was having this problem where I wanted to be able to send a piano sound through all the pedals, right? But the problem is, is like on those like crappy 90s synth sounds, which crappy, aka I love. They're my favorite. MIDI sax, like all this just dumb things. Love it, right? And it sounds awesome going through certain pedals. Mm. But drive pedals with a piano sound out of that, like that could be cool, but just out of my rig sounded awful, right? So we'd have like this crazy fast part where I'd be playing normal guitar and then on a dime, I would have to switch to a piano section or a synth section, right? Which would require the, I was using a a Quan clone um, and that was on the far left side of the board and I had the line selector as my very first thing, Mm. right? Even before the tuner. Because I would just want to be able to like have a, a nice solid sound go uh, of the synth thing, so I was like, "Fuck, man!" I was at practice. It was even before we were at practice because I I spent a lot of time putting the boards together even before we get to band practice, right? So I was like, "This is not happening." I and I was like, I was writing everyone I knew. I wrote Boss. I wrote uh, Old Blood Noise, which uh, Brady, who yeah. does that company, he's a guitar tech. So writing all my tech friends, and I was like. What do I do about this? And I like, so everyone was emailing me these like detailed ideas about like switchers and all this crazy shit that involved way crazy things about, because it's like, dude, I, I can't have that drive on when I switch to this piano sound. It <laughs> needs to come off. So we're talking all these different like loop ideas. Like Dan, Dan is dying inside of yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, did, <laughs> did you simply put the drive next to the loop pedal so you hit them together with your, with your foot? I'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> so I have, I have a notebook that I'm like losing sleep over like, fuck. I cannot get this. And it's like, this is so awful sounding. So my solution was to put the drive next to the line selector. So I, and I'd have to, I'd have to turn my foot sideways and the, you know, the success rate was not a hundred percent on that, especially if we're going fast. But by the end of tour, I got it to four out of five times that I could get it. Okay. But so that just goes to show like out of, I, you know, there could have been some way to do it, but I was like, I know, let me just take the drive, and I, I did some thought about, like, well, can the drive exist at the beginning and not where I would usually have it? And it was totally fine. Yeah. And it worked out, and that's mm-hmm. how I ended up doing it. Right. So yeah. I'm down for the wacky, like, stuff. And I guess what I was going to say is, like, I don't mind, like, not nailing it. That's just part of yeah, it. You know yeah, what I mean? Like the, all the pedal shit that I do, that's all. The pedal boards are a whole other instrument to me. Mm-hmm. And so, like... You know, a lot of what I when I'm playing live, it's improvising on the pedals. Yeah, it's not yeah, like yeah, it's cer- there are certain things where it's like this sound always happens here mm-hmm. as long as I remember to do it or whatever. But like, I don't mind a delay going over an extra measure because I missed it or like the piano sound having a little bit of drive on it for a second and then me having to improvise around that. Like I meant to do that and then turning it off on this weird upbeat or something, you know? I mean, on on that, Tim, uh, the guitarist in Polymath, has uh, two boards. He has a writing board and a performance board. The performance board has a switcher, um, which he uses, and the writing board is most of those effects, because he has them a couple of times, 
without the switcher so that he can create stuff and then write them in nice but I think that that is the thing having like recently moved to a switcher I was like oh oh yeah like I've got these things set up now but uh, yeah but yeah you want to be able to create as well yeah funny side note so the Quan Quan that I was using was like a little one of the little silver push buttons right yep not like a boss style or whatever and so because I was missing it a couple times I was like I know what I could do have you guys seen those barefoot button Mm -hmm. things I'm like let me drop one of those on it to give me a little bit of more surface area so when I push down on both of them I could get it so we're in Denver and that it kept falling off. I couldn't get it tightened onto it for some reason. I'd be like halfway through a show and I'd hit it and it'd fly off and I'd have to find it after the show or something. So I'm like, let me drop a little bit of super glue in there and just like get it on there so it's not going anywhere. So I just a little little dab of super glue, put it on there, let it sit. Then we're in Denver. That was before we sound checked. Then I get set up for sound check, and the fucking super glue would seep into it, <laughs> into my main drive, and like locked it up. And I was like, ugh. Uh, so, um, pe- talking about pedals, uh, this company Mantic, Mantic Effects, uh-huh. which they make the flex, they make a lot of really amazing pedals. They're, they're our buddies, boutique, really small builder. Well, they're on the up and up, or they're coming up. Uh, there in Denver, they were coming to the show, and I called them like, "Hey, uh, can you bring some soldering stuff? And do you have an extra switch laying around? Because I just like destroyed this pedal." And they brought all the stuff. They're coming to the show anyways, and fix it up backstage, switch it out, and I was good to go by our set. It was <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, well, we are coming up to time, uh, gentlemen. So thank you very much all for coming yeah. on the. Thank you. Thank you. It's um, uh, listeners at home uh, if you want to check out more of the guitar con stuff then head on over to the uh, to the guitar nerds facebook forum facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum all our listeners know that Mark does that bit and so I'm terrible at links so that, that's going to have to do but thanks very much for tuning in and uh, we'll see you soon cheers cheers thanks. bye, bye.